You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. All right. Good morning, Joel. Good morning, Dennis. I hope your mornings are better than going better than mine. Mine is. Right oh, now. It, it is, Spencer. Okay. Uh, we're trading up what twenty-one and a quarter handles at ninety-five seventy-five. Important levels all over the place for the futures. The S and P futures. Uh, crude down a buck seventy-six at eighty-eight twenty-nine. Gold back under nineteen hundred, down five sixty at eighteen. 9650. Uh silver, that's going the opposite way. That's up a couple pennies at 2390. Bitcoin, that's down $435 at 40,465. And Ethereum, that's just flat there, up 5 bucks at 290350. Uh before uh we bring in uh Triple D, I know you're you're chomping at the bit here. Spencer, can you give me a breaking news, please? Sure, Joel. Anything for you. What's up? The breaking news mm. is that the Spice Girls have added someone to their 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 repertoire. And you know, there's Baby Spice, there's Sporty Spice. Well, let me <laughs> let me introduce to you Spencer Spice. Spicy Spencer. Spicy Spencer, man. Don't you, Tell us about your morning. With, Spencer, don't mess with Spencer morning? today. Don't mess with them. Tell you what, you want, you want to hear about my morning? Yeah. No, I was, I, morning? I'd rather just show you my morning. This is my morning. I want to be absolutely clear. I hope Sonos. You were at a go, rock concert. I hope Sonos goes to zero. Okay. <laughs> we have a Sonos system in our office. Now, if you are on the, if you're connected to the Sonos via the app and and the Bluetooth, and you can play music, and if you're not, you're locked out. And someone decided to play the Sonos at full volume and then go home. And, and I'm so it's just played all night blasting. It's played all night blasting, and if you if you don't have access, you can't turn it off. So you've been all morning trying to shut that horrible music off. Yes. Yes. Fun. Fun. Yes. What's it's just was it just that song on repeat or was there better songs? No, it it was it was changing. It was it was no. it was changing. Was there any good songs in there? Because that was a horrible song. Whatever that was, Joel and I maybe we're just old, but that wasn't even music. That sounded like something like a train and then, down the tracks. And, that was horrible. And then and then at around seven fifteen this morning, I went to go get some coffee from the cafeteria, and I left my badge on my desk, and I got locked out of the office for twenty minutes. How'd you get in? I had to go get somebody in the key. I had someone to let me in, and then and then I, I, I said, "Excuse me, I'm locked in my office. Can you let me in?" And so she's like, "All right, I got to call the engineer." And I was like, "Wait, whoa, whoa, engineer? No, 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 I, my badge." And she's like, "Oh, your badge? Well, there's a difference between saying I left my badge on my desk and you got locked out of the office." I was like, "All right, whatever. Just let me into the office, please." I, uh, You've anyway. had a great morning. So you tell me you're a little spicy. I'm very. I'm. I don't even know what's happening in the markets. Okay, so just fill me in. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Anymore. It doesn't even matter today. He's in a better. He's starting to get in a better mood here. When I first logged in, he's like, "Read the wait, chat." Wait, Dave, Dave, hold on, hold on, hold on, Dave. Dave, there's nothing to unplug. 
It's in the, it's in the speakers in the ceiling connected to someone's Bluetooth somewhere through the app. There's no there place. There's nothing to. to well, how do they connect to it if it's in the like? How do they? It's got to be a. Anyways, we're not going to troubleshoot the electronics in Benzinga office, but holy mackerel, I'd be annoyed with that too. Though S O N O, I I'm I'm S O N O. I'm going to I'm going to go give us a technical. Is it, is it indeed going to zero? I actually it looks like a great sell up here. I'm not going to lie to you. Actually, I do yeah, like this that, as a yeah. shot. Yeah, that's a nice setup right there. Did it already report? I don't even remember. I think it reported. Yeah, yes, it did. Yeah, you know what? Here, actually, look at this. Oh. You're bringing us a trade here. Yeah, you go from 30 down to the 22, up to 28. You got all this consolidation right in here now. The last three days, break down below yesterday's low, 27, 26, and maybe look at the 50% retracement down to 25. I actually do like it for a short, Joel. This is a triple D. Selling the rip in a stock that's trending down. Everything yeah. actually it looks pretty good you, on the short I, side. I tell you where it gets interesting is under 27 bucks. 20, uh, 10th, 11th, and 14th, 06, 07, and 11. 27 handles. So Below that, that's the door. We're yeah. going to Spencer giving us a <laughs> trade of the day. Yeah, I kind of like it on the short side. I'd rather be short than long. I'll say that. No Here position. I come. Here I come. Spencer's jumping it's in there. I'm short. It's those vengeance, those short. revenge shorts never worked out, Joel. <laughs> it's like when you get a bad experience. I remember having a bad experience at like, I don't know, it was uh, you know, an, an auto dealership and it was like Ford or something. I'm not sure that stock. It was years ago. Coming in there, I mean, you can't even give me a good customer experience here. This is going to zero. I need short and the thing just goes up like 10% the next day. It never works when you have, we get those revenge shorts and when you have a bad experience with the customer. I'm going to go short your stock. What do you think about that? And you lose. <laughs> so that's the warning on the Sono short is it always seems to Fair. get you like that. But, enough. but anyways, let's talk about, you know, stocks that are getting hammered here today. Maybe Sonos gets hammered in the future, but there are stocks getting hammered here now. And it's pretty much every Kathy Woodstock. I mean, she was interviewed on CNBC yesterday. The, the, the stats, if those are correct, are absolutely incredible. They said 100% of her stocks in ARKK yep. are in a bear market. 100% of the stocks are down at least 20% from the highs. The market is even down 20% from the highs. That's nothing short of incredible. So I, I have thoughts because I watched it. I watched the interview last night, right? And so um, I, I have some thoughts on this. Um, first thing I want to say, she was on the entire show. They gave, it was a 40-minute thing, and they did not take it easy on her. The first thing I want to do is I, I, just, I just – this is like a small thing, but I want to come to Kathy Wood's defense – with regards to the Zoom situation, if you're on Twitter, yeah, okay. if you're on Twitter, you saw this the, the screenshot. Do you have it? Uh, it's yeah, funny. Yeah, bring it up. Me, Find it. It's yeah. worth actually waiting the minute to bring it up. I laughed out loud. Like if I was drinking coffee, I would have spit out my coffee when I saw that. <laughs> but then it's not. It's not Kathy Wood's fault apparently. So, so during the course of the interview, and all right, I, I got when they got thirty minutes into the interview. During the course of the interview, a a, a Zoom message popped up on the screen. Said running out zoom of time. To, can we zoom in? Pun fully intended to see that a little closer. Are you running out of time? This meeting will end in 10 minutes. Upgrade now to remove the 40 minute time limit. Now, this is on CNBC. This is on CNBC. And obviously, and and then and then people were tweeting out, look, Kathy owns all these shares of Zoom. She doesn't even pay for her Zoom account, but she wasn't the host. Nope. nope. It so is, it wasn't she is her. not the host. And the reason yeah. I know she was not the host is because when Jason was on CNBC back in October, yeah, from our office, we connected through their Zoom account. Yeah, they invited us to a Zoom meeting. Yeah. So the takeaway here is not that Kathy Wood owns owns Zoom and doesn't even pay for it. It's that CNBC doesn't pay for Zoom. That's crazy. That CNBC doesn't pay for Zoom, and this is why Zoom is in a world of hurt here. I mean, I know I get the email because I have a free Zoom account. Did it come this week? Oh yeah, look, it comes every. It comes like every week. They said last chance to me two months ago to get 25% off. Last chance, upgrade to Pro today and save 25% off from Zoom video communications. Oh, look, but oh, no, we have another sale. Now it's last chance to save 30%. So they're offering me even more. This was, this was a week ago. So, I mean, they're still offering these deals. I mean, when you're stock, and I've said this on the show a month ago when it was $200 a share. It's now $129. But I said, when you own a company... And they have to discount and offer you discounts to get you to buy the product. That's a product you don't maybe want to own the stock of. 
And here we are at Zoom. People are saying it's a value story. I've argued that I think you're going to start to see those growth rates decline significantly and would not even be surprised if it actually starts to sales start to decline overall. So I don't think they're not, I don't even think it's an issue of growth. I'm scared they've pulled so many sales forward. The competition is so intense now. Unless they get another product, this is your classic value trap. Now, we've been bearish the stock since 500. So it's 129. At a certain point in time, to get off the bear train, maybe it's oversold. Am I shorting it? And would I short it now? Probably not. But I mean, to just say, oh, yeah, that's trading with the PE of whatever the hell it is, you know, it's fairly low. I think it's a classic value trap. I, 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 need, to, I, I, need, to interrupt you. I need to interrupt you. There was a headline that just came through that there isn't, they're evacuating oh, some, some, uh, uh, let's see, the, the separatist leader in Eastern Ukraine announced the evacuation of residents to Russia. Yeah. So um, yeah. that's, that's, that headline just came through. That's why we just tanked here. Yeah. I, and yeah. this is what we continue to see here. Um, taking it back to this is like, if this is just the market where, you got to be selling rips and lightening up. There's too many unknowns. So, okay, so it's fun. Who's we'll, evacuating where? Wait, wait, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so, so there's like there within Ukraine, right? There is there's Ukrainians and then, uh, that that uh, are are against Russia, and there's Ukrainians that are for Russia, and the Ukrainians that are for Russia in the eastern part of the country have, mm-hmm. I guess, evacuated to Russia. That's what that headline means. So. Here, I, I think Mitch has got it right. Here's my thoughts, and then we'll take it back to Kathy in a bit because it's a fun conversation. But my thoughts are Mitch has this right that he's not going to attack during the Olympics. He's, you know, China, he wants China's support here. I mean, he's not going to do that. So I think he's waiting till after the Olympics, and I think he's going to invade. I, I, I personally think he's going to invade next week. So I, I think the market we'll be worried about that too. This is why I was going to say, we never got to it, but I was going to say when we were up 30 handles this morning, I know, I that know. this is an awesome sell the rip opportunity here because who wants to own stocks into a long weekend with the Olympics ending and a potential invasion into Ukraine? I don't want to own stocks into that. That's why we sold off yesterday. I think that's why we continue to sell off here today. So I'm selling rips until further notice, at least today. Um, I think it's, there's, there's no such thing as an easy setup, but I'd be very concerned if I own stocks, um, you know, just like short-term swing trades into the weekend. You know, I own long-term, not selling my long-term account. You know, I'm 35% cash. So I'm a little bit nervous because I'm usually about 15 to 20. So I'm more nervous than normal on the long-term stuff, but I have no swing longs on zero and I'm just scalping day trading, you know, in and out, in and out, doing my stat herb and that kind of stuff. But, you know, hedge trading like market neutral. So, and that for the simple reason is I think Mitch is right. I think, you know, if they're going to invade, it, it may end up being next well, week. And that could be, on, you know, an well, think, think, about, think, about the, think about the implication of the headline that I just read, right? People are evacuating to Russia. Why would they be doing that if not to prepare for potential escalation, right? Yeah. So... And I think just got a lot they were of saying anger. it even on CNBC. No, 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 Joel. Joel, these are these are these are Russian uh, sympathizers. These are these are people that are on Team Russia. Okay, okay. that are going. I was going to say, oh, we're having a war, but hey, if you I mean, they were saying this on CNBC. The game's a holic saying I'm an idiot. That's fine. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. They're saying this is a stupid comment, but I think that they're not going to invade this week. And they said it on CNBC yesterday too. We've been saying it on the show. Mitch has been saying this on this show for a week. They said it on CNBC yesterday. They wait until after the Olympics. We were saying this, Matt, Mitch was saying this a week ago. So I'm just saying traders are in high likelihood to be nervous going into a long weekend with a potential invasion happening. I don't think that's a stupid comment. That That's just uh, history. That's just market history making, you know, making that kind of comment. There's been big moves uh, over three day weekends going back to the to the eighties, going back to to cotton. What a, I'm trying to think, and maybe even the nineties or late mid eighties when I was on the floor. There was one day where they uh, one three day weekend and something did with the currency. So this is nothing new. I mean, it it, it happens three day weekends. The markets are closed except for the S and P's. The S&Ps will be open. They'll be open Sunday night at 6, and you'll be able to trade them until 1 p.m. Eastern time. So, And then we'll close Monday, remember. 
So we well, don't get right. back till yeah. Tuesday. Right. S&P futures are open, but there's a lot of stock traders that are just stock traders right. that don't trade right. futures. Right. There's going to be a lot of institutional money managers that might be nervous holding through this weekend of with the potential that the Olympics are. Uh, but but people are saying I'm stupid in the chat for saying that. So I should retract my statement. I'm not going to say I think they're invading next week, but I think the market will be nervous of the possibility of an invasion next week. That's what I'm going to say, just to clarify here. I think the market will be nervous going into this weekend, which makes me not want to buy the S&Ps when they are trading up here this morning. Um, it actually makes me more inclined to short the S&Ps when they're trading up this morning. But again, we just gave back 10 handles. So it was looking, the shorts were looking a lot better an hour ago than putting them on. When we can shut down the chat if you want. Spencer no, no, the chat's fine. There's lots of good people. And everybody's entitled to their opinion. And maybe I wasn't clear when I'm saying I shouldn't say, oh, I think they're going to invade next week. I shouldn't have said that. I should have said, I think there's the potential for an invasion next week. And I think traders are thinking the same way that Mitch was thinking. Who brought to her, who was saying it a week ago, which I think he's right. And when they're saying it on CNBC now, too, that means there's other people thinking it as well. So I know they like to take her content. I'm sure they didn't take that, though. That's just you know, a <laughs> common thought out here that they're probably not going to do it during the Olympics. So if they're going to do it, it could end up being next week. I'd be your nervous holding stocks into the weekend. Into the uh, weekend. William and Chad was asking what the source was for that headline. It was from Reuters. So. Yeah, pretty reliable there. Um, that, that's not just some fake headline. That's from uh, the, one of the two or three major. Are, are wars major... good for the the economy? They're uh, good for uh, they're uh, good for Lockheed Martin. You want your war stocks? LMT, yeah, just a, yeah. LMT, NOC, uh, General R- Dynamics, RTX, RTX, and then uh, uh, and then all your oil stocks, and, and then and then and then LHX is your last one. Though. LHX too. Yeah, Harris Corp. But, you know, the, the one you think about first is Lockheed Martin. That's the one that I pops in my head right away when you start thinking about, oh, there's potential for escalating, you know. And it's it's Lockheed Martin that pops in my head. And there's a reason Lockheed Martin's sitting here all-time highs. Right, Oil, it, same thing. Oil probably pops. You know, you get the concerns. So You know, you know what, you know what the, the, the real defense stocks are going forward, going in the next 50, 100 years? CyberArk. There's your next big war. Well, let's take it back to Kathy because this is getting into, you know. Okay, go. I, I agree. You know, I, I actually love the cyber security stocks. Um, I think on pullbacks here, I think that is where you maybe want to put some capital. They've held up very well, too. I mean, Palo Alto Networks, which is going to report next Tuesday, has held up incredibly well, considering how much they've hammered nosebleed stocks. And PANW is not a cheap stock. So it has held up well. So cybersecurity is still an issue. Cybersecurity stocks, I always like CyberArk, CYBR. I mean, CrowdStrike is one that has been hammered. Do you think about buying a CrowdStrike eventually? I think you do. But right now, just everything that is trading with nosebleed valuation continues to get punished. So I was like, why am I hurrying into this? It seems like if I wait a week, I get the stock cheaper. It's the same reason why we just continue to bleed in, you know, in Facebook. It's the same reason why we Ugh. continue to bleed in PayPal. It's the same reason why Shopify huh. loses 150 points on earnings and then loses another 100 points the next day. Like nothing. Like, like nothing. Like nothing. Just another I mean, day at the office. If you are trading with a nosebleed valuation and you say anything remotely like growth is slowing, they hammer you and they continue to hammer you. If you're buying that first day on the dip, you are not listening to this show. Because they have been hammering these stocks nonstop. I mean, PayPal, what's the P on PayPal now? We went from, you know, this growth story, highly valued stock. It almost is entering value territory. That's what I was going to say. No, it's not. It's not quite there yet, though. And this is how much, this is how ridiculously valued these are. But what's the P on PayPal? Uh, uh, Wait, wait, what did you ask? PayPal or Shopify? PayPal. 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 It's not crazy. PayPal is not crazy. Is uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, 23, actually. That's in it's the under, wow. That's probably the lowest PE. That's The S&P is like 23. That might be the lowest PE PayPal's ever had. Like, like from when it came from eBay and spun off. I don't know if it's ever traded with a PE of 23. Is it a value trap? Is it getting under attack? Is the growth slowing there? Potentially. But it's starting to enter value territory. Will I buy PayPal eventually? Probably. But am I? do I want to be the first one when it goes down five bucks every day? Let's let it stop going down first. I don't want to be the hero. Catch the falling knife because that's what you're doing. PayPal was probably 
you know, starting to get cheap at 130, 120, 150, 10, 105. Well, just as much as they get expensive to the upside, they can get really cheap to the downside. Maybe the party does continue on the short side for some of these stocks. I mean, it's come all the way down, PayPal 105. Why not breach 100? Why not? Is event If you buy PayPal today and look at it five years from now, are you making money? I think so. I, I don't know about that. I don't know. You don't know. Well, maybe don't not. Know. Maybe, no. maybe not. It's hard. We've to said that about, you know, going. we should, we've said that, or you've said that about other stocks too. And I, and it doesn't, you Which know. Which stocks? Uh, Rocket. Rocket? Yeah. With like bullish Rocket? Yeah. You, I mean, at what, I mean, I know maybe you. Maybe in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Maybe in 2020. I'm, I haven't been a fan of a lot of those higher growth names and. Uh, and it could be a value trap. We don't. Nobody knows anything, Joel. Bottom line is, we don't know. Nobody yeah. knows. Five we know the market's going guesses. down right now. What's that? Yeah. I said we know we're selling off right now. Yeah. Well, it's another gift rally. I mean, you got to take these gifts. I mean, we got you know the setup here, and that's what I was looking at this morning. I'm like, you you're looking at the S and P's trading up 30 handles into Why? a long weekend with the Olympics ending. With the potential for an invasion next week, come on. Those are that's low hanging fruit. So I know people don't like to short stocks, but if you're like long stocks and you see a rally and it's like you gotta think about what's happening. This market is so simplistic. And people try to get, you know, the market has always been simplistic. And that's what the that's what people struggle with the most with trading. Why do I make money on a consistent basis trading? Simplicity. I mean, I made a lot of money just selling stocks. When the headline came out the Thursday night that, hey, Russia's putting in more troops. I mean, people will say on Twitter, don't trade headlines. Headline traders all right. lose money. Hogwash. It's the, the traders that say that or the traders that don't trade the headlines. Ask the headline traders. Your prop traders and your prop firms are trading headlines. You get like low-hanging fruit and the S&P sell off five handles and CNN all of a sudden is breaking that they're not taking troops out they're adding more we rallied 50 handles on that one day and now we sell off five that's not enough well we sold it all back off yesterday so i mean you, trading you know just on logic and you know trying to predict the next movement when you can kind of see what's happening there's money to be made there you can have the prettiest technical setup in the whole world it doesn't matter russia goes in and invades ukraine next week stocks probably going down so and, and people say I'm mad. I'm trying to make points. It's not mad. It's a loud voice. It's not mad. Who's mad? I mean, mad. I'm doing well in this market. I mean, a lot of people, you know, say, oh, this market's been a killer. You know, everybody's losing money on it. I'm actually, I, I've had one down day, I think, this year what, on my bright trading account. What are we, 40 days in, 35 days in? I mean, been pretty good trading. Volatility. Just gotta be, Volatility. There's lots of inefficiencies, but it's not, but I'm not making money on the long swing side. In 2020, we were doing long swings and they were all kicking ass and, you know, everything was going up. It's not cancer anymore. You got to do different strategies. Take advantage of different things. Trade headlines. Here we are. We're coming down. We're giving it all back again. What does this market continue to do? It continues to give you these gift rallies. And everybody thinks, oh, was that the bottom? No, but this is the top of this next little move. I mean, maybe we should start asking, you know? And and let's think about this. The S and P's are still sitting up here. We're we're running. I know. I know. Seven eight percent off all time highs. I know. 10%. We went over the. We went we're over this yesterday. We're nothing. We're nothing. nothing. We're nothing. It makes me want to sell all my stocks. I think we could go a hell of a lot lower here. I think we could go if they start coming for the soldiers. They start coming for apples and Amazons. I mean, Apple is what? How far is Apple off the all time high? 182, 168. You know where the apple it's up eight now. It's down nine percent from the all-time high after having a ridiculous year last year. I own Apple. I wouldn't want to like have it on for a trade here though. So I'm not trying to scare you guys all out of your portfolio, but just think you got people have got to stop thinking about oh, was that the bottom? Oh, was that the bottom? I get that question sent to me ten times at least every day. I'm not joking. Ten times was that the bottom? Was that the bottom? Was that the bottom? That's been going off the last six months. No, it wasn't. Kathy Wood saying on CNBC interview, take it back to her yesterday. Mm. She said, I believe ARKK bottomed on January 28th. Well, sure it did. But you know what? Here you are two days later, and she's going to retest that bottom maybe today. So she was trying to say her all-time low is going to be in here. 
at right? No, no, no. Spencer, that's what she was implying, that her new low, that she, she will never be that low again. It was totally implied in that interview. That 6435 is yeah. the low, and we're only going to continue up from here, and we're going to go up four or five hundred percent in arc from this point in time. That's what she was implying in that interview yesterday. She might be wrong 24 hours later. Her 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 ETF you might sell off it. 15% to make her wrong 24 hours later. She's had some incredibly bad calls. So just to keep jumping in her stocks, the Palantirs. You know, all these stocks, we're doing it wrong, folks. We just went red on the S&P. The selling the rip in 2022 is working better than the buy the dip in 2020. And that's the truth. That's my rant. Um, We should end the show on that. I like that. That's the truth. Yeah. And everybody keeps trying to buy the dip, trying to buy the dip. When if they were just selling the rip, they'd be doing the exact opposite of 2020 and killing it and killing it. Sorry, that's the truth. I don't know when it all ends. I don't know when the bottom. Why does it ends. have to Nobody end? Why does. does it always have to but be? I'm like, just saying it could be. Yeah. It could be an early innings on some of these stocks. Yeah, like why she blew out Palantir last night. Yeah, she let's sold. talk about that. Four and a half. She, the believer, the five-year time horizon. That everything you know, Palantir was one of her core holdings. She sold almost five million shares yesterday at near the all-time low. So obviously she's saying I got that one wrong. Did she get some of these other ones wrong? Just asking. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, as I said, I watched the interview and 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 you know, I, I have a bunch of thoughts on it. Basically, what it came down to is, uh, she she does repeat a lot of her main talking points a lot, but it's really difficult for someone like her or anyone really it's difficult for anyone to explain like the she's all about disruptive technology right she's talking about ai a lot yesterday artificial intelligence it's really hard to explain that away in a one to two minute soundbite um and 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 it's hard to make sense because it's stuff is really complicated so kudos to her for her convictions and she's she's definitely I mean, going yeah. She's been going down with it. I'm not. I don't want to say she's going down with the ship, but she has been going down with. She's 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 not jumping ship. She's doubling, tripling down. Um, and and they've they've done that. And she said this as well. They've they've been focusing or concentrating more on their their strongest convictions, right? They've been the funds have been shrinking in terms of number of stocks that they own, and they've been concentrating in, in, into fewer and fewer. Should do any hedging. I no. mean, do we know this? She only, None, buys, no? she only buys really high valuations. But I mean, she have doesn't have like a futures account or something. No, or, no, no? she doesn't. No, because she's long term. And I, I, that yeah, isn't the thing. She, but Joel, that isn't the thing for an ET for these money managers to do. I got they're, you. They still are benefiting from an uptake. Yep. I mean, that's okay. what they are. They're not traders. She's not a trader. Yeah, and and okay. pe- and people saying that she is, you know, trading it like like she's making like rookie trading mistakes. She's not a trader. She's not a trader. She's not trying to trade. She's trying to. I, I said that yesterday. That oh, yeah, Jim Kramer mistakes. said that. Kramer said that too. And I agree with him. And you know what? It's okay. So we, maybe we should clarify. It's rookie investing mistakes. Adding to losers. To losers. Believing that. She said it on the CNBC interview. The market is wrong. I am right. Can't do that. You How do that. many books well, do you read that say when you believe the market is wrong and you are right? You are the wrong one. All of them. It's all also. It's also. They're all right. The books are right. The P, your P and L is right. Your P and L. The market is right. You're not. It doesn't matter. And you have five year time horizon. And maybe a lot of these stocks are going to come back. But it still means you were wrong because you bought all these stocks. You could have bought them all 50, 60, 70 percent cheaper. So your timing was absolutely wrong. So she's already been proven wrong in that way. The question is: Is she going to be, become more wrong? That's the question. Maybe that's Kathy calling. Is we wrong? More. I, wrong. I just don't know how. Like did did she could the clearing? Like I don't know who they you know the clearing is. I don't know how you know impatient investors are with the market. I mean it's I don't I don't understand. You know 
where and and also has an abnormally high uh, fee too to manage money. So well, it's it's not it's not crazy. It's it's high in the it's all it's it's high charging much. It's high on the spectrum of ETFs, but it's really low. It's lower than it than than you know. Yeah, I don't think any of that. I'm not challenging any of that. I've only challenged her core strategies, and you know we've challenged this for a long time, and we've been wrong. We were wrong in 2020. Very wrong. I was very wrong to be bearish Kathy Woodstocks in 2020. Absolutely wrong. I'll admit, I was wrong. I did not see this market being able to, I was long some of these growth stocks, but I did not participate like ARKK. I should have had all my money in ARKK, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and he had been killing the market. But now you're at a point where it is catching up. And in the long run, the five-year time horizon, you wonder if she's, you know, she was really benefiting from the story, everything valuations out the window, to this market that all of a sudden cares about valuation. And you look at, you know, Roku, one of her biggest holdings. I believe this is the third yeah. biggest holding in <sighs> her ARKK flagship fund. It is now off, what, 80% from the highs? Been punished today. I mean, at a certain point, the valuations just got where you, if you didn't, if you had a 10 year time horizon, they were never going to grow into that valuation. So she should have been ringing the register and moving on to different disruptive technology at that point in time. But to say I'm right, when Roku's went from 490 to 105 and the market is wrong, you couldn't be more wrong. I mean, your stock just got cut off 75%, that one position. She bought more yesterday into the print, 144.71. And I don't even want to know how many shares she's going to buy today. She's probably going to buy a whole pile today. So, I mean, it all matters. It's such a good lesson. Why do we keep coming back to Kathy? Because she gives such good lessons on how not to invest. She's giving such good lessons on ignoring, you know, valuation, you know, just chasing the hottest story. Just, you know, and and obviously, you know, that's why we want to learn. We want to learn from her mistakes. And, you know, we went through this in, in 2020 and in, in 1999, and 2000. The, the, the biggest thing she said uh, to my mind yesterday was Scott Wapner asked her straight up. I mean, do you believe that all of the stocks in your funds are going to come back? Because that seems kind of silly. And that's not he didn't. That, she does. He didn't say that exact word, but he said, do you really believe that? And she said, yes, yes, I believe all every single stock. In my portfolios, in my funds, are going to come back. That is well, she lied right there because Palantir. She blew it out yesterday. Why are you selling Palantir if you believe that all your stocks are going to come back? Why was she selling Palantir yesterday as she was giving that interview? Ask her that. If you so believe in all of your stocks, then why blow out Palantir yesterday at eleven bucks when you were buying it at thirty? So something's not adding up there. Sorry. Something's not I, adding up there. I, I I think I think Toronto Dave nailed it. I said I've said the same thing too. If you're all in on 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 Kathy or growth, you're you're not gonna have fun. But if you oh, got this a, market. if you're gonna have if you got a small piece, oh, I I they didn't ask her that, but I wish they would have asked her how 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 she recommends people you know uh, uh, you know allocate to to her funds. But um, that's the bottom line here. It, it it's it's really really difficult. It's it's hard to to double and triple down. In the face of the like, the reason pe- people get so fired up about her is because she's doubling down, she's tripling down, and she's getting smoked out there, and she's not giving an inch, and that I think rubs people. And, and and maybe that's what her fund does. So she's got to go with what her fund does. Those are what you know. You buying ARKK for growth. You're not buying it for value. So she's following her fund. Yeah. So you know maybe she's doing nothing wrong in that way, but. I don't know. You're blowing out Palantir yesterday. I just don't understand why you can say all your stocks are going to come back and you believe in all these companies and then you blow one of them out. Maybe you're not going to get it perfect. Okay. But why not you know say why not say yesterday, well, some of these aren't going to come back. We're selling some Palantir. You know, the only like thing, why, the, why the say they're all going to come back? I don't know about her investment, you know, whatever she's picking and her buying, but but publicizing it, making it public in like every day disclosing those positions. I mean, you know, I think that has got her in trouble because we know the way Wall Street is, right? And it's just, you know, if I was her, I would just, I, I would stop doing that. I would stop doing that. And I would Maybe. just, I would, yeah. I I, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to criticize. Anyways, let's, it uh, worked let's in her favor guess. for a long time because people were coming and buying her stocks. She would buy her stock and would go up 20% the next day because she bought it. So she was getting that, you know, benefit from it. It's like, well, this is awesome. 
I buy the stock, then I disclose that I buy the stock, and then my stock goes up 20%. I mean, you know, it was just pumping up her own portfolio, not that she was doing and selling in, in, in illegal into. I'm just saying it was working in her benefit to do that. It's no longer working in her benefit. I mean, who even opens these ARC emails? You know, who, who buys the stock that she bought? Nobody. It doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't get a 20% profit anymore. So she's not yeah. getting that benefit. How much of her performance was, was off of that too? You know, like if you bought a stock and then you put it out there, and then it goes up 20% just because you bought it. I mean, that was adding to your performance in itself. So we don't, you know, to say her performance was just fantastic in 2020, a lot of that is added, that was added, adding to her performance was just those emails. So, and now that's all come off too. So Tesla is the only reason her heart funds are holding up. I mean, Tesla is still the biggest holding. Tesla is still holding on fairly well. Yes, it's in a bear market, but it's still $875. If they started hitting Tesla, her fund would be in real trouble. But, you know, they're still holding Tesla up, and it's in the S&P, and it's uh, traded every day. The ARBs are going to hold it up to a certain extent. Tesla's probably not going to start going down until the overall market starts really getting hit, if that happens. Um, I, yeah, I'm not going to knock anyone for their transparency. The other thing that she always says, and I'm going to bring on Mark Mahaney right now, but the other thing she, the other thing she always says is, you know, and she said it yesterday. Is their goal is to deliver is to deliver fifteen percent annualized gains every single year? Um, there's a lot of regulation out there as to what what certain people are and are not allowed to say. First off, fifteen percent a year that's that's really really high. <laughs> Second thing is like not, other people, other fund managers like can't say that. She's allowed to say that because there's there's no regulation that she that 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 says she can't. But like, if you're an advisor or if you are like a like a fiduciary or whatever, you can't say that. So people, I think, are angry that she's allowed to say, "Yeah, we're our goal is fifteen percent annualized returns a year," which is like, first off, it's a really high number. Nobody does that. Second of all, no one does that. No, nobody does. So, that. Uh, oh, and Luke is here. Luke, I I got a story for you, man. I'm. We're, we're gonna Luke, bring a Luke on here. We're gonna uninstall the. Oh, no, we got Mark Mahaney in the Oh, Mark's coming on. Let's bring know, Mark. Yeah, Everybody's really sick of me talking, so let's, let's, let's get now. Mark. Today is all kinds of crazy. Let's bring Mark Mahaney on the show. Um, uh, Evercore ISI. He's our senior managing director, and there's their head of internet research. Mark, good morning. Good morning. Uh, okay, we've. I, I. This is sort of awkward here because we, we've been uh, bashing uh, tech for the for the good portion of the morning. We need here. you, Mark. Yeah, we do need you. <laughs> we, we need you to to. To talk, well, those guys, not so much me, but talk them off the ledge here. When it comes to tech in this market? Yeah. yeah. Look, I, I started off the year being cautious, and in hindsight, I wasn't cautious enough. <laughs> uh, in, uh, um, you know, when you have, um, you know, aggressively rising uh, interest rates, um, you know, and we also were cautious about Omicron, but, uh, but if you have aggressively rising interest rates, you know, those future high multiple future profit stocks underperform and underperform materially. And my guess is that, you know, we're in this kind of situation. I mean, this is a Fed call. This is a macro call. I don't think you're going to get material outperformance from uh, tech stocks for you may not have it for several more months. Um, you know, that's the and, and look, how many corrections have we all lived through? This is my 11th, I think, over the last 25 years. The average duration of these things, barring the really big crashes, has been three to six months. And the correction has been, you know, 12 to 20 percent, something like that. I mean, my guess is that we're going to be in correction mode for a while longer. I, it, it'd be pretty, it'd be unusual if it ended this quickly. So I think it's very tough. I, I the two things I try to do uh, in this environment is try to focus on the edge, uh, the ends of the of the barbell. I want to be long the highest quality names in the consumer internet space. I look at that's Google, Amazon, and maybe even Facebook. There's a lot of company specific debate about that that stock now. Um, and then uh, and then at the other end, the real big, uh, obvious um, uh, recovery plays, the ride sharing plays, and the travel names. And what I find interesting, last point is. The three stocks in my, in my group, Consumer Internet, that have outperformed um, uh, the market uh, year to date are those that are in the kind of the Venn diagram of those two things. So it's the online travel stocks, uh, you know, booking, Expedia, and even Airbnb, even though I'm not sure I would consider that high quality given its multiple. But these are all companies that, uh, you know, well-established, uh, uh, lots of cash on the balance sheet, high margins, um, uh, reasonably low multiples, close to market multiples, and then they're clear recovery plays. I mean, travel is coming back, but there are very few places in consumer tech to hide uh, this year. 
to be clear, when you say quality, are you, are you referring to like the quality factor or, or the characteristics that you just said? Or no, maybe- when, I, when I think about uh, high quality um, consumer tech companies, uh, I think about companies that um, fundamentally and valuation wise. So, you know, companies that uh, generate a lot of cash, um, they're currently profitable and they trade close to a market multiple. Google falls into this perfectly. I mean, yeah. it's uh, gushes cash. Uh, they've got great top line growth. I mean, what I find interesting in this market is Google just bro- broke below the price at which it traded when it printed great EPS results. If Google can't sustain uh, results, can't the stock can't sustain its gains off of that December quarter print, uh, there are very few, I mean, uh, very few companies that can. And by the way, Microsoft didn't either. And I think Amazon's getting close to breaking below the right. level where it printed really good numbers. This is a very tough tape for tech stocks. There's no, at least on the long side, but there is stocks that, like you said, there's got to be some, you know, and maybe Google's, you know, but there's got to be some diamonds in the rough. You're like throwing the baby out with the bathwater because, well, yeah, because um, and I think that as well. I think, okay, well, what companies, you know, if you're sitting on some cash, and you want to get involved in tech. I mean, the growth tech has been absolutely hammered. Is there some stocks that have gotten to a point? I mean, look at Roku today, even. And I'm not saying it's Roku. I'm just saying, you know, the stock is you know, from $490 down to 105 bucks here now. I mean, I be, you know, there's a lot of companies that have just been down 70, 80%. Are there any of these companies that would be a buy at this point in time? Oh, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get the point across as to your time frame. I think yeah. I misstated something a, a, a minute ago when I said, you know, it's okay. going to be tough for tech stocks for the year. I don't think that's true. I, I, my guess is that it's sometime in the middle of the summer, you know, it's a couple of months from now. And then you'll get a chance to buy stocks uh, that uh, that have been that are dislocated, dislocated, high quality stocks. I wrote a book about this last year, DHQ stocks. And so, yeah, you want to be buying Google. You want to be buying Amazon. Now, you may not get paid on that bet for the next month or two, but I think you'll, if you have a nine to 12 month outlook, this is when you buy these stocks. The same thing happened at the end of 2018. You all will remember that. When the market rolled over, you had a chance to buy at the time, Netflix at the time, Facebook, Google, Amazon, all were for sale and they offered great returns for people who could wade in and buy those stocks. I think you've got a similar setup here. What about Meta, Mark? This is the most controversial mega cap name I cover. Nobody wants to buy Meta. This is trading at the lowest multiple it's ever traded at, barring the February, March of 2020 a COVID correction. It's trading at around 13 times earnings. I think this uh, will exit this year close to 20% revenue growth with uh, share repurchases and margin expansion. That's 20 to 30% earnings growth, i.e. this thing is trading at a dramatic discount to its uh, to its earnings growth. Its PE is well under one. That's highly attractive. There are three debates on Meta. There are these ESG regulatory concerns that investors quite rightly have. There are these concerns about whether they can solve the Apple privacy uh, challenge. And then the third one is this competitive risk from TikTok. I think all of three of these risks are um, reflected in and more than reflected in the current valuation. I think the company can address some of these concerns. It's not like this is a new company. They've been around for 15 years. They've shown the ability to execute well in in terms of uh, prior challenges like the move from desktop to mobile. Facebook's one of my top uh, top three picks in mega cap. I don't think you're going to get paid on in the next two or three months. But if you have a nine to 12 month at least uh, time frame. I think this has got uh, great returns. I think they can have a re-rating in the stock, and I think street estimates are too low. What well, turns it- these stories around? Because um, here, here's the problem: is you know, it's, this market is all about what have you done for me lately, and it's yeah. sentiment. And they're looking at you know the quarter, and they're not sure what you know Facebook is anymore. They see some of their core businesses under attack, but then they're trying to move into the metaverse, and people see growth, but is it too early? And the stock just continues to go down every single day. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point in time, I agree with you. Value investors will start to step in and say, "Hey, this is cheap enough." But what is the catalyst to turn this story around? I think there's two things, uh, or three things. One. Just in terms of the fundamentals, you need to see revenue growth reaccelerate. Uh, so, you know, you're, and you've got tough comps too uh, hitting this company. In the back half of the year is when I think, back half of 22 is when I think you'll start seeing revenue growth reaccelerate. Investors will want to be long the stock as that happens. Secondly, they need to prove that they can come up with um, a post privacy. Uh, ad ad advertising attribution model. So they lost a lot of signal when Apple made its privacy changes. They need to show that uh, they can come up with a way to uh, generate uh, uh, equivalent signal to advertisers so that they can know how effective their uh, campaigns are. And the third is a macro call. We just need some um, we don't, it's not like rates aren't going to rise. Rates are going to rise, but we need some conviction in the market as to the pace at which rates rise. 
you go through an environment where the last six months we went from one Fed rate increase in 2022 to six and then a debate about whether it be 25 bips or 50 bips. Absolutely. Uh, tech stocks, high multiple stocks are going to get challenged in that environment. My guess is that we're going to go a couple of months into this and then we're all going to have some greater conviction at the, at, as to the rate of, of rate increases. And that will allow people to come back into risk elements like tech stocks. Um, and just to be clear on the meta thing, you said the Apple privacy concerns. And now it's also an Android privacy concern yes. as well. So it's a two front war. Yeah. Um Gosh. Okay. So a lot to di digest here from Mark Mahaney, Senior Managing Director, Head of Internet Research at Evercore ISI. Um, going through your coverage, I mean, it's it's a lot of tech. It, it's what we've talked about. It's 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 Facebook. It's Shopify. It's you, you mentioned Uber. Um, you also cover Zillow. That's an interesting one because that stock has had a very nice couple of weeks here. Can I get your thoughts there? Yeah, I'm on the sidelines on uh, Zillow. I'm, I've yeah. covered it since its IPO. I thought it was a risky move, but a but a but a, a strategically smart move to get into the i buying business. When they so abruptly got out of that business, to me that was a negative tell. And uh, so I'm gonna, I'm going to wait on the sidelines uh, on this one. There's also this broader housing market issue, which is that uh, there's just a very limited inventory, I think, for structural reasons. And I think that's going to hurt all brokerages and companies that benefit from brokerages, i.e. Zillow. So I'm wary of uh, of Zillow. I, I, uh, I'm happy to step to the sidelines on that. My top my top longs in mega cap would be uh, Meta, uh, Amazon and Uber. That's my recovery play. And then if I go down cap a little bit, I like names like Spotify, even with all the Joe Rogan controversy. I like uh, Spotify. I like Chewy, and you know we stick with Roku. Um, I didn't. I wish I. Just, I wish I hadn't said that prior to the stock correcting twenty percent last night. But that's all right. The revenue growth is still here. is is premium, and I still like the the long term market opportunity. We're, I want to wade into these stocks. Let's talk Roku here because it's the story of the day. I mean, it's down substantially here. It's one hundred and six dollars here now. We mentioned it just briefly, but let's dig into some of the details here, just from the fundamental aspects. Like, do you see this company turning the corner, eventually making money here? Is the growth rate obviously it's a concern, and maybe there's a lot of sales pulled forward when we were in the pandemic. But is there any concerns here? Like, or do you think this growth rate, you know, like obviously it's not going to grow at fifty percent forever, but do you think? At this point in time, at this price, that the growth rate, you know, can justify price. Yeah. What I find interesting here is um, you look at that chart. This stock is exactly where it was pre-COVID. So go back to the middle of February of uh, 2020. This stock is completely round tripped. Yeah. Uh, the revenue base is uh, bigger. So that means on a price to sales basis, the stock is cheaper than it was pre-COVID. And the action question that we all need to ask ourselves is, and you can kind of see it if you also include the, the uh, you'll see this in the chart. I think it's relatively clear, but if you also, you know, bring in uh, the aftermarket uh, from last night, you'll see that, yeah, you're, you're right back, like, you know, whatever we are, 115 or something like that. That's yeah, where we were mid 105. Okay, okay, so now we're cheaper. And then you have to ask yourself, well, is Roku a stronger asset fundamentally than it was pre-COVID or a weaker asset? I think it's a stronger asset. I think at some level, the move towards streaming usage has accelerated. And I don't think they face the maturity issues that Netflix does. I, I downgraded early, uh, Netflix early this year because I sort of felt like when uh, you, had a, you, had a, you had a maturity issue in terms of theirs, uh, that was indicated, sig signaled, whatever, by their, uh, by their subs uh, guidance, their weak subs guidance. I don't see that with Roku. I think they have the ability to add just as many active customers this year. That's their lead metric. That's their sub number. They have the ability to add just as many uh, in 22 as they did in 2019. And they're still sustaining this premium 30% uh, revenue growth. So to me, the asset is as good or better than it was pre-COVID, but the valuation is more attractive. So yeah, I want to wade in and buy that. But you're right. What they did was they shocked people in terms of the profitability. And people expected them to do something like 500 million in EBITDA this next year, and they're essentially saying, "Uh-huh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be running this at uh, you know 100 million or you know a much lower number." They're they're accelerating their investments in international expansion. That's a good thing, but not in this market. In the in a market of high multiple future profit stocks underperform, and they just went from they just uh, they just pushed out their profitability, and that's why the stock's getting punished today. But I think if you can. I think you weighed in on this uh, with the expectation that you can get paid not in the next three months, but in you know uh, nine to twelve months. What What about Shopify? 
And this is obviously one that's been hit really hard too. I love this company. I love everything that they do. The valuation has obviously been high, but you know, it's coming down very quickly here. I mean, and since the earnings report, we've lost, you know, over 200, 200 points here. Now we're trading at 656. Um, what are your thoughts here? I mean, can this eventually grow into its valuation as well? Uh, I think so. I've been wrong on this one. Uh, you know, we upgraded this stock. Um, I've generally had a, a long bias on it. And last year, I kind of stepped to the sidelines. I thought multiples too high. And then I thought we had enough of a correction. And I stepped yeah. in and we upgraded it and did it prematurely, uh, clearly uh, with hindsight. Uh, I think the asset, uh, I, I think it's still a great asset long term as a kind of kind of the anti Amazon kind of um Kind of as the uh, as the kind of the uh, online retail ecosystem, if you operating system for uh, for small merchants uh, worldwide, and I think that allows them to sustain premium growth for some time. The problem with this company, sort of similar to Roku, is they're saying we're not going to show you profitability near term, and uh, because we're investing in things like building out their fulfillment network, and the market wants in this in this environment, the market wants profitability. Once, once a profitability floor, and the company is not providing that, so you've got to slow down in the top line growth. Uh, profitability is coming under pressure because of these investments, and a stock that was trading as high as twenty-five times sales, it's now trading at ten times sales. The market, and if you're if you're trading above ten times sales, you, the, your your margin of error is so thin, and uh, well, they didn't make it. So. Uh, but I think on the other side of this, I think Shopify will emerge as a good asset. And yes, the, the basic point is I'd rather buy Shopify 10 times sales than a 25 times sales. So it's got a much greater chance of, of, of building into this valuation than it did really at any point. I think this is the lowest price to sales multiple it is traded at in, I'm going to guess, four years. Mark, just one quick question for you. I mean, on our show over the years, we've we've tried to help traders and investors, uh, you know, change styles and, and look at the market from different perspectives, whether it's value versus growth, rising interest rates or falling interest rates. I mean, you've been at this for a few years. How have you had to adjust, you know, your methods of analysis of looking at the markets and looking at the stocks? I mean, I could go back to 2020 or you know the pandemic or, or things that are going on more recently or have you just stuck with what's got you here is there been any change in your methods of analysis well i take a, take a different approach to stocks so uh, you know again i i um uh, uh i the, the consumer internet is is not a value sector although there's a couple of names in here that've got reasonable valuation pitches ebay expedia booking uh, those three uh, come to mind and maybe even google but, uh, you know, I, I do try to trim and tack based on what I think the market environment is. And the market's looking for, I mean, uh, growth equities. Market's not looking for growth equities now, flat out. And so in that environment, it is very hard to be make money on the long side in this space. And you really need to find high quality, really super high quality assets. I mean, in terms of both valuation and fundamentals and recovery plays. And that really, the 40, 50 stocks I look at, it's kind of only three that get you there. And that's... Booking, Expedia, and Airbnb. My guess is that as we go through the year, the risk appetite will widen a little bit, and then we'll be able to be long, safely long for the near term. Um, uh, just pure recovery plays like Uber or pure high quality plays like Amazon and uh, and Google. So that that's how I've tried to react to this uh, to this environment. You know, we shift, shifted our list quite a lot at the beginning of the COVID crisis. And then and when we when we felt like we were at peak COVID uh, at the end of uh, 2020, so I do try to sh- shift the list. I don't have the luxury though of, of looking at sectors other than consumer tech because that's the only sector okay. I cover. The question is just how do I want to be aggressive about it, or do I want to be cautious and flat out? I want to be cautious about consumer tech, especially consumer internet, right here, right now. Awesome. There was a question from our chat about a firm. You, you don't cover a firm, right, Mark? I'm sorry, I don't. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right, Mark Mahaney. Uh, it has been a pleasure. Thanks, Mark. That was great. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your thoughts with us. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Mark. That was great. That that was that was a really good perspective on things, right? I think so. Yeah. And and I get caught up in short termism where you're in it and you're looking and you're like, oh man, this is going down. I mean, you've still got to be looking that there is some opportunities if you've got a time horizon. I don't know if 12 months is long enough, but if you got the five-year time horizon on some of these stocks. Well, I know someone who does have a five-year time horizon, actually. Yeah, I do too. So yeah. I'm not saying those stocks that are in that portfolio, <laughs> oh, okay. but I'm saying there is some, you know, there is going to be some stocks here that you'd be like, wow, I can't believe it traded there. 
So I don't know which companies those are. And, you know, and that's why you want to talk. I think Shopify eventually will be a buy. But again, 10 times sales, 25 times sales is insane. 10 times sales doesn't sound great. It got down a little bit more. Like I said, 500 on Shopify, another 150 bucks down from here. Seems like you're starting to get into where I can see it growing into those that, that valuation. I mean, Mark likes Roku right here. Thinks it can grow into that. It, it's not a crazy valuation anymore. It's just a matter of I, I don't know if somebody you know you say disruptive technology. I'm not sure that Roku doesn't get disrupted itself by something else. You know, like a lot of obviously this technology can be built into the TVs now. It doesn't all have to be Roku in the TVs. So I mean, the disruptive technology can sometimes get disrupted itself, which makes it a little bit scary. Um, but you know, 105 bucks a lot better than it was at 490. What about a firm, Joel? I mean, this you want to talk about a fall from grace? There may be oh, no better geez. stock as a poster child in the last three months in a firm. I mean, this stock made a new all-time high in November at $176 when everybody was buying now and paying later. And now it seems like nobody is buying <laughs> buying a firm now, at least. I mean, this stock went from $176 in November. It is now $37. It goes down every single day. Again, we say Facebooked and paypal There's a poster child here of when you miss, the stock was $50. It's 37 you know, five days later, they just keep punishing you. At a certain point, maybe, you know, there's a deal here, but I guess you got to really believe in, in the technology. You got to really believe that the business model works. I'm scared that that business model in itself maybe, you know, isn't as good as we thought it was six months ago. No, I mean, it got the hype, uh, you know, with, uh, lows. with, yeah, with, with the Amazon new all-time lows. Uh I mean, you could just wait for a couple lows in the same area. That's all you, know, all you could do as far as the, you know, looking forward. I mean, you can speculate. I guess the, the earnings weren't that bad, but it was, you know, once again, it's the guidance. When the company comes out and gives you bad news, it's just hard. You know you're not going to get any good new, potential good news for another, like, another three months, right? Unless they do a, a mid-quarter update. So, just wait for a couple of lows in the same area. I, I'm a bag holder in uh, MQ, which has been holding up. Has a similar business. MQ, Marquita. Oh. It's yeah. kind of in this uh, in the same range. So I've gotten a haircut in it, but uh, certainly not as much as um, owning uh, owning a firm. So okay. I could only really talk about technically and wait for it to make a couple lows in the same I, area. Uh, it just makes it's going down like, and it's it's getting hit harder than the Facebooks and the PayPal's on a percentage basis every day. I mean, I look at this thing; it's down five six percent. It seems like every day. I mean, I I don't know where firm is it oversold. Absolutely, are all these Kathy stocks? oversold many of them are very oversold so there could be wicked wicked snapback little short squeeze rallies embedded in some of these names at a certain point in time i just don't know if today's that day because again i'm worried about the ukraine situation i do think it sets up that people are going to be nervous into the weekend we have an option expiration today which we haven't even talked about yet which is going to bring us increased volatility um, you know, and obviously, you know, the S and P's are chopping around. We're already seeing that. So the one thing we can promise you today is you're going to have a very choppy market. And again, uh, if you're chasing in a choppy market, you are doing it wrong. Always, you know, you, 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 there's certain markets that you can chase. The edges. This is not one of those markets. I'm going to keep saying the same thing. I'm kind of on repeat the last couple of months because it's working. So if I say something and it's working, I'm going to continue to say it because it continues to work. Once it stops working, then, you know, you've got to obviously, and nothing works forever. You've always got to change your strategies up. You've always got to change and, and tailor your trading to what the market is giving you. You know, don't try to make the market do what you want it to do. You do what the market is telling you to do. That's what you've got to do with your indicators. That's how, what you have to do as a trader. I think one thing that exacerbated some of these moves is the way these stocks acted into, you know, prior to the report, right? And then uh, it went from, what, 50 to 80. So people are leaning, you know, the, the wrong way. I saw this in a, in a couple of other stocks, too. You know, so you just, you had a lot of people underwater, then a lot of people buying it into the report, and then... Boom! They did that report come out in the middle of the day or something? Wasn't that even? And, and, and they accidentally, yeah, yeah, part of it leaked, and then, and then they had to. There was a it. tweet and everything, so yeah. um, a lot of negative. Just things, people but. caught so much from that. You even had day traders because there's classic day traders that don't trade 
they don't want they don't they don't want to get hit with news so they only trade intraday a lot of them are like that i mean even trade some traders in our firm i mean there's a lot of traders that don't want to get hit by news and there's usually not news during the day but people got hit by that so you had classic day traders you know that are real intraday like i'm a day trader but i'll trade overnight you know i'll take it you know uh, further i mean you know i have strict day traders that only trade during the day that got caught in that and they never got bailed out. So they're like, oh my gosh, I just bought this at 80 and it just reported it was 70. It's like, well, it'll bounce back a bit and I'll get out. Those people are still waiting for a bounce back. So I mean, 37 bucks. It's unbelievable. Stock is down like 80% in three months. I I mean, a, a stock that was a darling. We, and we haven't three even talked. Someone asked us to talk about DraftKings. We didn't even get to that today, but they're getting punched in the face this morning as well. And they and they raised their guidance, and it doesn't matter. Oh, it's just bag holding everywhere. DKG's got a big level, seventeen forty one. That's they the all time. They raised their guidance this morning. We're talking about the lows and not the all time low because, but the I believe that is a low since it despacked. I believe if I'm uh, not, Mitch the, might be able to help me with that. The, the, the DSPAC low is 17, uh, uh, 40. I think it's 1741. That low yeah, you're is right. you're January right. 24. So since it despacked, since it actually became DraftKings, that's the low of 1741. Cause you can say, oh, the all time low is down to 10. But since despacked, we didn't know it was going to be DraftKings when it was a SPAC. Since it despacked, this is approaching that. It's a big level for it. Again, valuation though, and I, you know, and I own GNOG, and I'm so thankful that I sold my GNOG into the DraftKings takeover. I sold it that day when it got taken over, and it actually went up further. I sold it like 18, and it went up to like 22 dollars, and I was like, man, I screwed that one up. Guys, I'm gonna hop here. I'll let you guys take it away. I'm gonna go cover a lot of issues that we missed. Uh, Triple D, I need to catch up with you later on today. Okay. Yeah, sounds good, Joel. And I'll just stick with you just for a couple more minutes because yeah. I know I've been on a bearish rant here for pretty much the entire show. But I think Mark adds the color, you know, that sometimes yeah. I need as well. Putting on the taking off the short-term goggles and putting on the long-term goggles. Buy good companies at reasonable prices. That's how you've got to take your long-term approach. And there is some deals out there. Do your due diligence. Look, you know, if the companies are burning cash. You know, maybe those aren't the ones you want to jump into, but there is going to be some decent stocks out here. Maybe this weekend I'll look for a few more of them, um, you know, that, you know, companies that I'd be willing to dive into. You know, I have some ideas, but again, it's just been in such a terrible tape right now where it seems like there's just, you know, like every time you buy something, you regret it three days later. At a certain point in time, we will have a relief pop. At a certain point in time, there will be. Somebody's asked me about the $6 Amazon back in 1999 and 2000. Yeah. But yeah, in 2002, Amazon got down to like $6 and we know where it is now. So there is going to be some companies that are going to emerge from this. And like I said, we won't, we won't even, I can't believe, you know, we were getting that gift. The problem is there's going to be a lot of companies that aren't. So this is a, like to Mark, to, to what Shaken was saying yesterday, this is um, a stock picker's market here right now. And there's going to be some winners and there's going to be some losers. Some of these stocks that are down 80% are going to go down 100%. You're going to go to zero. Some of these stocks that are down 80% though are going to go back up and be significant winners. So, and maybe in the long run, maybe ARKK has enough of those winners to make up for the losers. So, you know, maybe, you know, ARKK is the way to go. If you just want to buy growth and you believe in it, it's a hell of a lot cheaper at $66 than it was at $160. I'm still just don't know if her stocks are cheap enough yet for me to jump in and say, I want to buy them all. But I think if you do your due diligence, do your homework, chat, I'll give you, I'll give you some homework for the weekend. Bring us some stocks on Tuesday. Bring us some stocks that, you know, you are trading, you know, growth at a reasonable price. And, you know, we'll look at them, we'll talk technically on them, and maybe we'll buy some of them. So let's do that. Let's all do that together. Find the yeah. stocks that are trading reasonable. I'm sitting on 35% cash, Spencer, you too. I, I mean, I'm I mean, willing to put some of that cash to work 35%. in my long-term portfolio. I, I don't have 35%. Um, but I'm not going to put it all to work, but I'd bring it down to like, there, at a certain a couple, point time, I'd bring it down to 25%. Yeah, like, there's, there's a couple of stocks. Stonebridge Advisors mentioned Philip Morris. Yes, that's the kind of stock you want to buy, you want to own right now, right? Uh, yeah, but that's not long term. I'm not buying no, no, Philip Morris no, no, at these I, prices, long term yeah, growth. I, I, I think I'm, what I'm asking for is more of those growth stories that are down 60, 70, 80%, because some of those are good companies. Some of those are going to come back. Yeah. Not all of them, probably a lot of them aren't, but some of them are. We got to figure out which ones, you know, are going to be those Amazons that are going to, you know, take over our portfolios for the next run, because there will be another bull market again. Stocks will eventually, some will come back, not all of them. So we got to just do our homework. 
And uh, whoever it was that asked about that dropped us a super chat about Roblox. Um, we talked about it at length yesterday because it was the day after their their report. Dennis, do you have any comments on RBLX? Uh, didn't get out yesterday, so got an upgrade yesterday. That should have lifted it. It tried to lift. It couldn't. It's sitting right near the lows. If it takes out the 5308, Katie barred the door. So if you are along this thing, you absolutely do not want to see it take out its low from yesterday. It takes out the low from yesterday, it's a that's good short. Exactly so I mean. that's the scary thing is I actually look at this as a short setup than a long setup. And I know people don't want to hear that. They want to hear it's going to come back. The path of least resistance, I believe, for RBLX is lower. And I think it might be much lower. So if the market turns around, that'll change too. But as long as it's above 5308, you could take a shot. But I'm more I'm more inclined to short it through 5308 because I think it takes it out. I think we're going to see Roblox sub 50. Sorry, that's just my opinion. Sub 50. All no right. No position on it yet, yeah. but I'm I'm eyeing it up actually for through okay. 5308. So I've got some homework. I'm going to do some do a screen or several this weekend and see if I can find some companies that that maybe we want to put put on the put on the watch list going forward. Dennis, have a great rest of your day, guys. I got to hop as well because I got to get ready for our next All Access show, Benzinga All Access, our weekly show every Friday at 9:15, where I go one on one with founders, CEOs, executives. Uh, just about their story and about their company. So that'll that'll uh, go live at 9.15 today. In about 10 minutes from now, the stream will redirect to that. So give me a few minutes to just get set, though, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring that show live. We have three guests on the show today, uh, so stay tuned for that. Thanks to our guest today, Mark Mahaney. Uh, really great talking to him. First time on our show and a fantastic conversation. Thanks to all of you in our chat. I'm in a better mood now than I was a couple hours ago. Uh, that was because of you all. So thank you for that. Hit that like button. Uh, and then, oh, tomorrow, by the way, if you haven't checked out uh, our boot camp, BenzingaBootCamp.com, it, it'll be on YouTube. It's free. I will be hosting tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern time, Benzinga Bootcamp. I, I, I think that's right, BenzingaBootCamp.com. Let me check right now before I, I don't want to give you bad advice. Uh, Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, boot camp. <laughs>